podcast family. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Eva Mendez, and it's a beautiful Wednesday in Los Angeles. We are officially about a month and a half into the new year, and so far, not so bad. So good work, everyone. I'd say it's about a communal effort. You know, I mean, we're all in this together, after all. But today's guest is Jordan Knapp. Jordan is an actress living here in the big city who's always making moves and finding the next big project to tackle, including being the co-creator of a theater company, which her and her team named Raccoon's Milk. I have attached some links in the episode notes where you guys can check them out. They've been working on some pretty great stuff here in the LA area, even during the pandemic, and are going to keep pushing through. So make sure to check them out. But as I've said before, folks, after this episode, if you're enjoying the show, if it's any pleasing to you whatsoever, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review. That usually helps me out. And if anyone out there ever wants to contact the show, reach out to me whenever you want about whatever you want. My email is in the episode notes. Now, without further ado, here is episode 28. Thank you so much for doing this, Jordan. This is my podcast. It's called Conversations from a Room. And we talk about the arts. You know, I like to talk about film, music, books. We'll say like a few jokes on the way there. And that's implying that we might say jokes. I don't even know if it's going to be funny or not. No, but, there's yeah. no guarantee yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah, we're going to get more into your your terrible ex-relationship. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Thank you so much, Christian, for having me for this reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if there's no tears, it's not a good show. Uh, another reason why I thought it would be fun to bring you on because I wanted to talk about how you and your friends created this theater that you yeah. guys wanted to put together, which I thought was super exciting. So Raccoon's Milk is a theater company that I formed with two of my best friends from high school. We all went to high school together in Houston, Texas. Oh, And this is just an idea that we've had for a long freaking time to like just make an art collective and put up shows together still because theater was something that brought us together then. And we wanted to continue doing that now because it's just a, you know, it's a special place in your heart whenever you can find someone to do theater with Absolutely. that you feel confident to do that with, you know? Because it is a, it's a big commitment to kind of start something like that. And you want someone to be just as passionate about it as you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And so it's something yeah. that we started during the pandemic kind of because everyone had a little bit more time. Uh, one mm-hmm. of our friends was kind of the forerunner of it, Joanna. She was kind of the final push of like, hey, like, let's freaking do this. This is the time. This is the now I have this play. We can do it now. Yeah. We did a super secret show and I cannot name the show because we did not get the rights, but Ah. it was really fun. And we did a COVID safe performance of like 10 of Hamilton of ham of Hamilton and the lion King, like a crossover. Oh my God. A hybrid (laughs) show of the two most popular shows of all time. Yeah. It was Mufasa singing about the fifth amendment. (laughs) Oh my lord! I'm ready. It's the worst that. Lion King Hamilton reference anyone's ever made. <laughs> but uh, I'm super glad that you guys have figured out ways to make it work. Do you guys are you guys planning on writing your own shows? Or do you guys just want to keep doing shows that people are familiar with? We definitely do have the idea to like, okay, if someone wants to write something, do it. Like, let's make it happen. But mm-hmm. I personally like I love performing. I'd be more than happy to perform someone else but that's to say theater is endless theater is limitless i mean theater it does have that safe space to just be creative and weird and you know we need that yeah another thing that i appreciate about your theater company is that you guys collaborate with other people and i got to be one of them i have this alter ego character that i created a few years ago named john recess 
Uh, he's basically just like a bad stand-up. Oh, I don't know if bad's the word. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was honored that you were like, hey, this would be fun if we had his character be part of this like holiday show that we're doing. And it was a virtual show. It was, you mm-hmm. know, people were able to see it like on a YouTube channel. And it was fun. I had a great time. You know, I the, the funniest part about it was John Recess exists originally on Instagram where everything exists in what, 30 seconds to 60 seconds at most. I, I, I've never given him life beyond that. And I was like, great. Uh, how much time do you need exactly? Just so I get a time frame. And remember you said like seven to ten minutes. And I went, <laughs> what? Okay, maybe he can like chug eggnog or, or just like <laughs> like nights before bed. I'm just like, okay, maybe something about like uh, it's weird that elves don't do anything after Christmas. Like do they have to file for unemployment? Like, okay, like <laughs> – because the thing about John Reeses is like, you don't just make jokes about Christmas. It has to be like really self-deprecating kind of self-deprecating jokes about Christmas. That's why I love John Reeses is because he's so grounded in it. Like every hurt that he has is coming from a place of truth of his past. Well, that was the thing. I'm like, it, for, the first the reason why I started is because it wasn't like I love to do stand up. I also am a very self-deprecating person. And it's almost like a cry for help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what it became. And then I just started to roll with it. And, it, and it's been a blast. We were falling over him bits and pieces dude it was just well i'm glad it worked out yeah you guys are doing great stuff you know i love that you guys are continuing to push forward you know all things considered you know it's nice to continue to do fun creative stuff so what's your guys goal for your next step what do you guys want to continue to work on um we're waiting on one more member to get back before we have an official meeting because we probably need to schedule a season for this next Mm -hmm. year and agree on a couple of plays a couple productions to put up just to get all these artists together because that's also a goal of ours is to put our friends on blast Mm -hmm. You know, to put people we believe in, in the spotlight, like, hey, here's your time. Do your thing, you know? Absolutely. Because that's what everyone needs here, you know, especially Los Angeles. I can't wait to see what you guys do. I can't wait to go see your shows. So I'm glad you guys are doing it. And uh, I'll make sure to mention in the episode notes, your theater company, Raccoon's Milk, and for people to check it out. So keep going. Thank you so much. Hey guys, this is Christian Lugo and Jordan here, and we have this new product all the way from Seattle. Mm -hmm. It's called the French, let me get this right. It's (laughs) called the French Express Yourself, the French press that gets you. This is an amazing product. So imagine this, you wake up and the first thing you want to do is get a nice hot cup of joe, but not just any cup of joe, a French press cup of joe. And what sets this uh, French press aside from the other ones is that it takes a little piece of what is it? Blood sacrifice. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you give it a sample of your own blood. I know it sounds. I know it sounds weird, folks. But get this: it gives all your personal analytics. It tells you exactly how you want to feel that day or exactly how you're feeling that morning. It gives you your blood pressure, your glucose. It gives you like a little uh, something to avoid today. It predicts what it thinks it's going to happen that day. So it's a revolutionary product. Jordan, you've tried this product out. What do you think of the French Expressor? I'll tell you right now, I've been using the French Express Yourself for four months now, and it has completely turned around my marriage. That's awesome. Um, I'm currently pregnant now because... Oh, wow. Um, Did it predict that you were going to become pregnant? Well, it was predicting my ovulation cycle, and it told me like, mm-hmm. hey, George, I know that you've been wanting this. Today's the day, so let's mm-hmm. get to it. And so that's... Think of it like as a personal assistant who also has a, a medical license. Maybe also a, mid- a midwife. It's very reassuring. It's a great way to start your day because not only do you get a great cup of coffee, but it's a nice little pick-me-up. It's it's like having a, a personal therapist slash nurse slash uh, assistant who makes great coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, please take a minute to invest in the French Express Yourself, the French press that gets you because 
it'll benefit you in many ways. So Jordan, thank you so much. And uh, back to the show. So uh, what I usually like to do is I like to ask the guests, what's one of your favorite films? What is a guilty pleasure movie? And uh-huh. what's one of the worst films you've ever seen? Favorite film? I'm going to come right out and say it. I'm going to pronounce my love. Lady Bird. Oh, I love, love Lady Bird. That has, that, you know what? Lady Bird probably is my favorite of the, uh, what's the director's name? I always forget. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Uh-huh. I mean, I've seen a lot of her films. I loved um, The Sisters one. What's that one called? I already forgot. Little Woman. Yeah, Little Woman was, <laughs> The yeah. Sisters. You know, that feminist film. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Lady Bird. Great film. Came out 2017 starring i'm gonna botch this sarcy sarcy right sarcy ronan sarcia ronan sarcia ronan laurie metcalf which metcalf 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 maybe laurie metcalf which was um kind of a shocker to me because i only ever knew her from like roseanne uh-huh. and i never i never seen her anything and she was phenomenal Knocked in that movie. It out the park dude i mean as much as sarcia was encapsulating what it is to become of age what it is to be like a teenager going into the real world and like being hurt by boyfriends or by her friends or feeling like she has to be someone she's not her mom was on the other end of that dealing with all of it and it was so perfect that the way that you can see a mother how much she loves someone and how how mean she could be because she loves someone absolutely so yeah greta gerwig director and writer she is She's just a firecracker she is such a new voice and embodiment of human to bring to screen it was an extremely nostalgic film for me and i think it was just like those perfect moments of the in between a well off school community and how certain things that go on a little bit bigger in the picture make you feel introspectively, especially for me, it was the relationship between the mother and the daughter, mm-hmm. because I think you have to live with a mother daughter relationship to realize how pissed off you can get so fast from something with that relationship and then immediately turn around and be the best of friends again. That is the quintessential child and mother relationship. Yeah. It really, really is. I mean, there's no there's no bond mm-hmm. quite as the same as a mother and their and their child. Yeah. And that film represents it. Just it would happen so flawlessly. And and it goes to show how well Greta can translate that from her script into, you know, into film. And so yeah, yeah. that's a great, great, great favorite film. I will not disagree with that. Uh, so what's a guilty pleasure movie, a film that you think is ridiculous, but you love it and you'll just watch it over and over again? I don't know if it's if ridiculous would be the word, but a guilty pleasure that I definitely have is Remember the Titans. OK, that's awesome. With Denzel Washington. Yeah. God, I, I haven't seen that movie in years. My dad's a football coach. And so oh. growing up, that was always my favorite movie because it is oh that's like brings in that brotherhood and oh that's awesome relationships between coaches and players and everything and that's just something that i will always watch on a rainy day that's so so, yeah a lot of people it's i noticed a lot of people who when they when they talk about their guilty pleasure film it's more likely than not a nostalgic film absolutely that's all and it's the same reason why like one of my guilty pleasures is like back to the future i'll watch it over and over again Mm -hmm. because i watch that film with like my brother every year or like my dad like we always talk about it yeah uh, but that's all Awesome. So your dad was a football coach and he also loved that movie a lot. Yeah, of course. And yeah. Because Hayden Panettiere is small with blonde little girls. People used to compare me to that. Oh, that's right. That's so funny. That was like your image. That was like your image of you and your dad. That's awesome. Yeah. Wasn't Ryan Gosling in that movie? Oh, he had a smaller role, maybe. When, when did it come out? Let me see. I want to say like 
late 90s, early 1000s. I thought so, too. Remember the Titans? Oh, look at that. Perfect. It came out in 2000, a good year for film. I would say more than like guilty pleasure films. I'm probably bigger into guilty pleasure television. Oh, yeah. I always forget. When I say film, I mean... Any just filmed media, right? Bank. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Freaking The Office. Oh, I like. I don't God. even want to talk about what a hole I, I go into with that. Like The Office to me is like, television version of the beatles like it's always good there's nothing wrong with it you cannot yeah. say one bad thing about a beatles song you cannot say one bad thing about an office episode it was good timing it was good people it was good yeah. production you know and yeah. they just elongated it enough you know that it was like oh we're not gonna go too far overboard here and that's the nice thing about going back to watch is that you notice so many more different moments or so like you respect so many different characters in a different light angela that's angela for me i'd like her arc is freaking nuts you know i you know the person i'm starting to appreciate more for some reason i didn't care for it before was andy yeah which is a ed helms character he I, I i like to see his trajectory each time because apparently he was only supposed to be on that episode where jim goes to work at the other office but they loved him so much that they were just like let's just make this guy a regular character on the show and he ended up becoming the freaking boss for a time he that's becomes crazy. the boss and now he's like now he's huge it's ed helms but that's perfect i love that uh really quick last one what do you think is the worst film you've ever seen i don't know if this is even valid anymore because i was much younger when it came out i think i was like 10 but it was the only movie that I've ever walked out of in the theater. Mind <laughs> you, I was with my parents, and so I didn't understand it so much, and they clearly did not like it. So oh, I can't wait to hear this. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I also, I also agree with that because really? I remember re- Yes, that's because awesome. I remember, I, I, yeah, right? I'm, I'm glad we both hate something. Yeah. I remember reading the book in, in middle school because it was like required reading for like my science class. That sounds awful. The thing is that I remember the book being pretty good. Like I remember thinking like, oh, this would be a very exciting movie to watch. I remember it was really bad. I remember thinking there's something wrong about this movie and I can't figure it out. Like it has all the elements, like it has aliens, it has space, it has Martin Freeman. He's great. It has a Zoe Deschanel who's hilarious. It has Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell plays that the, the spaceman guy. You think, oh, this is a film with like an all-star cast. And yet it was just, just so wacky and weird and just didn't make any sense. And you almost did not care about any of these characters. You didn't care what the story was. It almost just seems like a, it was like a weird creepy kid show or something i like like who was it for like it wasn't for adults it wasn't for kids it was just like this weird middle ground and maybe that's the things that's so ahead of its time we don't even know yet maybe it really played us uh i think we would have known by now if it was ahead <laughs> of his time because it was it was like 15 years ago it would be everyone's favorite movie yeah right. it would at this point it would have been known as a cult classic i think no one cares about that film yeah yeah that's that's basically a perfect worst movie I've ever seen. And I can't believe even as a kid, you walked out with your parents. Oh, you know who, who's also in it? I forget. Alan Rickman. He plays that round robot, the depressive robot. Oh, wow. There's like, yeah, there's like a self-deprecating like robot. And it's played by Alan Rickman, which uh, he does a good job because he's got a great character voice. But yeah, I remember thinking like this is this is weird. Uh, Anyways, that's great. So let's move on to music. What's your go to music? What do you want to listen to? Um, I've really, over the last couple of years, I've really gotten into MPB, which is Musica Popular Brazil. Wow. It's like a Brazilian music that was more created 
in the 80s, maybe a little bit of the 70s, and has kind of stretched over time. And it really, I don't know, it speaks to me personally. Like, I love it. Is it mostly instrumental? It's its a little instrumental. It gets, it kind of depends on who you're listening to, but it can be a lot more mm-hmm. acoustic or a lot more dramatic kind of off-Broadway-ish declarations of love and whatnot. That's incredible. What's it called again? Uh, MPB. I see. I love I love people that still incorporate their culture and, in, in, you know, their art. Like, I'll go back because I'm Cuban and I, and, you know, I love to listen to like old 1950s 1960s Cuban music because it's it's very lively and it's very upbeat and you can feel mm-hmm. you know the culture within it you can really feel the passion behind it and it's really really fun to listen it's to kind of, it's kind of a little bossa nova as well yeah and I love that that's just almost timeless too you know but it's definitely it's more of a just like an era of music mm-hmm. that was created that was kind of from my understanding and I'm no expert by any means on this mm-hmm. but it was after like a Brazil was at the top of its game in the 80s they were like really on top of their uh, political affairs and like how the community was in trust in relation with the government. Mm. Then it all kind of came crumbling down and it's kind of led to this really weird area that they're at now with like extremists on either side. It seemed to be just like a much easier time and a much more wealthy time for the entire country. And so that reflects in the music because people have more ability to say what they want. But there was also a lot of political commentary within this music that was coming out from more specific artists. And they had a couple of artists that were like banned from the country that were exiled to uh, London that were only able to come back some 10 or 15 years later. But it's 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 just cool. It's it depends on the person, depends on the song, but it's a big range of music. But it all comes from like a very genuine place, which is what I, I love about it. It really sounds like that type of music is like a sign of the time. It's almost like a time capsule. This is a representation of what Brazil is and was in the 80s. And, you know, the heartbeat of what it always has been. And I love music and film that really represents history. Absolutely. It's a reflection. It's a reflection of what's going on. It shows who we are and where we came from. And it shows exactly what we love. And it's the reason why we do these things is because it gives us hope. I mean, I'm still listening to All American Rejects because I I still think it's 2003. So, (laughs) Oh, my God. Punk rockers, they're alive and well. They are alive. Oh, they're. uh, I mean, I still see the uh, My Chemical Romance folks out there. Out there, just slurring around. Oh yeah, I I run into the I run into all the Fallout Boys at Trader Joe's. They're there. All right, cool. So now we can talk about books. What's what's at least one book you can recommend to our readers, or I'm sorry, our our listeners? My God, I will say. That has been the hardest part of the pandemic for me is I cannot finish a freaking book. Oh, same here. Like, I'm 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 in between seven books that I've been I've been reading for the last five years. Just been sitting on them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, but what, what what's like one book that you've read in the last like you know ten years that you're like you know what this is this is something I recommend for people to check out. Uh, it's a it's a good read. I'm looking at it across the room and I'm realizing that I need to update my contact prescription possibly, but it's called <laughs> <laughs> The Paris Wife by Paula Abdul. Yeah, <laughs> I wish it was Paula McLean, Paula McLean. But it's about Ernest Hemingway's wife in the 1920s in Paris. Oh, that's cool. And it tells a little bit about how they came to be uh, back here in the States and then their time spent there and all the scandalous affairs that incurred within their relationship then. Because Ernest Hemingway ended up having, I think, three more wives after that. So this was his first wife, huh? Mm-hmm. Basically, this woman did her homework and wrote this story from the wife's perspective, from Hadley Hemingway's perspective. And it was fascinating. I loved it. That's awesome. I'm looking at another one. Have you ever heard of this book called uh, Marjorie Morningstar? It sounds very familiar. They made it into a film, and I think Natalie Wood played Marjorie. It, but it's like, okay. like it's a girl's story over the course of like 
I say like 10 to 15 years, like all of her twenties and how she fell in love, Mm -hmm. fell out of love, was with this guy, was with this guy, this guy came back and blah, 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 blah. Mm. But that is another book that it really got me back into reading. It was suggested to me by a director where he mentioned it in the script. And I was like, what is that? And he ended up gifting me a copy of it for like our wrap. What do you look for in books? Like when you start a book, what is it you're trying to like, whether it's like a self-help book or like a book that helps with creativity? Are you more into nonfiction versus fiction? Honestly, for me, it's romance. Like that's I awesome. Love a good love story. I'm a sucker. Well, what's one you recommend? What's what's a nice starter romance book? Honestly, that and don't mm, say Twilight. <laughs> I want to say Marjorie Morningstar just because it is that girl's story. You will spend a lot of time with her as a woman, though. Okay. So, but that's perfect. I love those book recommendations. That's awesome. That's pretty much all the themes. Can I ask you like my quick questions at the end of the episode? Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. So my first one is, what's your unrealistic dream job? Unrealistic? I have like three thoughts that come to mind. Sure. One, to be Beyonce. It's not possible. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but I would love to be in That's her That's probably shoes. the best unrealistic dream job answer I've gotten, honestly. Absolutely. Two, I when I was a kid, I absolutely, absolutely wanted to be a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. That's so funny. But then Blackfish came out. Am I oh, right? Yeah, and I yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> Lots of Because well, I'm sure I'm sure for you it was more about like you would love to work with, you know, dolphins and animals and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And dolphins in particular. I don't know why, but I was a little little freak for dolphins, apparently. <sighs> was it like was it was it concerning? <laughs> Well, like my imaginary dolphin friend that would follow me around everywhere didn't think it was bad. But uh. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna push that. <laughs> the three would be a teacher, but I just I don't have that a uh, credential, nor nor maybe the patience. For oh, that's that really right see. Now. I always thought I'd be a terrible teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess I don't know. I just with me, I don't know if it's because I don't have patience, or I just I, I I guess maybe it's more of a doubtful thing to myself. It's like I don't know. I'm still trying to figure things out. God forbid I try to give my wisdom to children. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, those are good. Those are perfect. Um, what would be the worst way to die, Jordan? Oh, God, Lord. Almighty. <laughs> um, I always think about being dropped in the middle of the ocean by yourself. Oh, me too. Absolutely not. That would be terrible. Just like, just nothingness. And then not only that, but just surrounded by creatures of the deep. Ooh. You don't know what's coming, what's going, how far you are from anything. That's uh. just like the... Yeah. Anytime I see that in a movie, I I'm I I get sweaty. I I just break out in sweats. No, really, I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. I'd rather be buried alive than just be just be out in the ocean. I think honestly. Yeah. Uh. All right. Yeah. I under that's I agree with that. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you do or do not believe in reincarnation, what do you think you were in your past life? That be an animal, a person, an occupation. I don't think. I don't think I've fully grown into my political self, but maybe something to do with politics or some someone somewhere that helped some people. So you're saying if you were given the opportunity, you'd be way more involved in it. You would know what you would what direction you would want to take it in. Yeah, I That's think good. so. That's awesome. Or I could see an animal. I could see some sort of like just a easy going creature. I'm a modest squirrel. Just like <laughs> just a happy little Denmark squirrel. Curious house cat. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's cool. That's I like how they're both different sides of the spectrum. Okay, Jordan, what is your your ultimate, your dream, your perfect breakfast? Oh, God bless you for asking this question. <laughs> I think about breakfast more than anything else in this life, just about Lord. Uh probably like you guys can't see this at home, but she's stretching right now. She's like, okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into this right now. Yeah. Wait, no, I fucking lie for this question. <laughs> Probably 
either like a super fresh bread or like a fried potato pancake. Ooh, God, potato pancakes. Great answer. Yeah. With two over easy eggs above that, a side of avocado Mm -hmm. and everything but the bagel seasoning, as well as probably some ketchup and hot sauce. That's perfect. Yeah, that's a great mix right there. Yeah. And coffee. Coffee, coffee. coffee, Yeah. At least a big old cup of uh, French express yourself in the morning. (laughs) That's a real character teller because there's there's a lot of hoes out there that don't like breakfast. Can you believe that? I've had people like, honestly, I just have protein shakes for breakfast. I'm just like, that's not the the idea of the segment. (laughs) It's like, that's so, so depressing. All right, we're going to do a quick round of this or that. These can be... Love These me. can be one answer, mm-hmm. or you can take your time with them. Ready? Okay. Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Coen Brothers or Tarantino? Coen Brothers. Disney World or Universal Studios? Disneyland. Okay. Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? Owen. <laughs> the Office or Parks and Rec? The Office. Friends or How I Met Your Mother? Friends. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Whiskey or beer? Whiskey. Soup or salad? Soup. DC or Marvel? DC. Indica. What'd you say? I, I, I really don't know superhero movies at all. So I actually don't even know like which I'm talking about in that universe. Cool. We'll, we'll stick with that. Okay. Uh, indica or sativa? Indica. Old school or new school? Old school. Sweet or savory? Probably savory. Good answer. Early riser or night owl? Early riser. Tacos or burritos? I think burritos. That was like the hardest one. <laughs> well, because I come from, I, I used to live in Houston, right? So Tex-Mex is a very big market. That's right. Yeah, I've, I've heard that the Mexican cuisine in Texas is better than it is in, in Los Angeles. It's prepared differently. It tastes better. I'm not going to lie. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Sleepless in Seattle or When Harry Met Sally? Sleepless. Sci-fi or Spaghetti Western? Probably sci-fi. Cool. Shortcut or scenic route? Scenic. Camping or glamping? Camping. Superhero or supervillain or the person working at the coffee shop while the building comes down? Oh, the person working at the coffee shop for sure. <laughs> Why that one? That one I, there's just like so much more to react on. So many of. layers. There's so many layers. Yeah. Yeah. The superhero has to win. The supervillain has to win or lose. But the, the guy in the coffee shop can go like one of a hundred different ways. I, that one is always more. That's why I put that because it's more interesting to just be the, the bystander because that's us. That we're, we're the people who are the yeah. world is surrounded by us. We're the ones who are just playing this game. You Reactor. Know? We're supporting the world. Exactly. We're the supporters. That's <laughs> awesome. All right, cool, man. That's all the important questions. That's everything I wanted to ask you. Do you want to re- uh, promote yourself real quick where we can find you? Yeah, sure. My name is Jordan Knapp and you can find me on the Instagram at not the real JK. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. It's It was a pleasure to catch Thank up with you. you. Thank you for doing this. Thanks so much for bringing me on and still talking about the arts amidst everything that's going on. This is refreshing. This is our outlet. This is what we do. This is how we express ourselves. Um, so last question of the show. What is your favorite noise? My favorite noise. You know what? Bringing it back to MPV, there's a noise of a cert. It's a certain instrument they make that sounds, it almost sounds like the equivalent of like uh, rubbing a towel against a really clean plate. It's like, but like, (laughs) really? But 
Yeah, I can't. That I, is so specific. And and you like it? You like that sound specifically in the song, or is it there's something soothing about that noise? It's something soothing about the noise because like you you hear it and you're like, oh, that is that instrument and only that instrument. Like it's so, never be something else. But do you what's the what are the odds that it's actually just someone holding up a plate and a wet towel up to a microphone? Probably like one in six, honestly. Like <laughs> very reasonable. I've seen that before in orchestras where they're literally they're just making up these sounds by just like hitting spoons on a cup or something. <laughs> seriously sometimes you just got to find that sound you just got to experiment oh that's wonderful yeah and i don't even know the name of the instrument that's the sad part i need to look that sometimes up. it doesn't have a name yeah it doesn't it doesn't have a name it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah it's a fun question because sometimes people can't explain what it is they just have to make the sound themselves it is what it is so i like to end a show with starting off my sign off and then having the guests finish it for me okay Thank you again, Jordan. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode of Conversations from a Room. Have a nice night and yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs>